thank you everybody for tuning in to another edition of Jackman Radio. I'm your host, Eric Jackman, joined with my brother, Mike Jackman, and so excited tonight to have a special guest, Abby Martin. Abby, how are you? Great. How are you guys? Amazing. Doing uh, all things considered, doing really well. And, um, you know, the, the first thing I thought of when all this shit's popped off in the last week or so is got to talk to Abby Martin, because uh, if you haven't seen folks, and we'll talk about this here in the next 45 minutes or so, um, Abby has just done some of the most amazing work um, related to Palestine and Israel and what's going on in the Middle East. And she took a trip over there, and that was in 17 or 18? Uh, 16. Was it in 16? It was the West Bank, yeah. God, wow. I know, time really flew. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, thanks for, for joining us, Abby. This is great. So I just want to, um, you know, hear the kind of response that you've been getting, because anyone who's asked me for my take on this, because a lot of people know Mike and I are up on this issue, and um, it's something we've been passionate about for years, and we've always talked about it, no matter what's happening over there. We're, we're always loud about this, and obviously you are. What kind of feedback are you getting from people who are watching Gaza Fights for Freedom? Um, I guess first, just talk about what Gaza Fights for Freedom is, and then what kind of response you're getting now in light of what's happened in the last week. Yeah, well, Gaza Fights for Freedom is a feature documentary that we put out in 2019 that documents the 2018 through 2019 Great March of Return. This was kind of an unprecedented action uh, within society in Gaza, within civil society, where tens of thousands of Palestinians actually uh, went and marched peacefully to this artificial partition that is blocking them from their ancestral lands in this open air prison that they are warehoused in. Uh, and they were protesting with bared chests, holding flags, and they were met with sniper fire. Uh, 500 people were shot in the head. Um, almost 200 people were killed. Uh, they used live ammunition with exploding bullets, which is an internationally banned munition. They targeted children, disabled people in wheelchairs. They targeted medics administering medical aid, and they targeted journalists doing nothing but documenting the protests. And these were snipers with a wide view of the demonstration hiding behind sand dunes that literally picked off people like they were vermin. Uh, everything was justified on behalf of Israel with the notion that these people were all human shields, just like they always claim and hide their war, war crimes behind is this impossible to prove notion that these people were human shields, considering that there was no Hamas militants at the march. There was no one with weapons at all. Uh, these were people who were deliberately sniped dead um, and it is just a really harrowing scene. Um, but the documentary, of course, not only is this unequivocal um, case for war crimes that we hope to eventually just add to the tribunal that eventually Israel will have to face for its crimes against humanity. But moreover, it's really just what we wanted to do was like an inspiring uh, portrayal of, of Palestinian resistance and heroism because that's really, it's just this unprecedented bravery that Palestinians have to go and, you know, um, do these kind of things, you know, symbolically throw a rock at, at this border, knowing that they could lose a uh, limb or their lives for doing so. Uh, the film was done completely, uh, filmed completely and produced completely by journalists within Gaza. And uh, I just kind of weaved together the story through narration and it's just incredible stuff. And I encourage everyone to check it out. YouTube is already throttling 
the movie uh people have to type in multiple levels of like security verification id debit it. cards yeah, ID. shit like yeah, that right. like, so like, like self-doxing let me just let me give the hasbro <laughs> a semen sample for christ's sake you know those yeah. assholes so but we're getting great feedback because right now like people are awake they're they care they see what's going on anyone that has any sense of humanity within them obviously sees this massacre of civilians including 60 children at this point and they want to know more right they they have an inherent distrust in the corporate media and they it, the time is now for them to learn um, because we are woefully not taught these things by corporate media and by our political education so i'm getting great feedback for the people who have seen it and i just hope it can continue to be spread and educate the masses because it all has to start with political education before we can mobilize a movement to resist what's going on absolutely and, and one of the um um, you know, people featured in the documentary, which really was uh, just heart-wrenching, was the story of the young medic, the 20-year-old medic, um, Al-Najjar. Uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing her last name, um, but that was, that, I was just heartbreaking to see that, and that really puts a face um, to the whole struggle and the whole story, so that was, uh, yeah, it's just eye-opening. I mean, and like you were just saying about disbelief in the corporate media, um, you know, in America, we're not showing those type of images and we're not given that perspective. So that's why I think it's so important, you know, for films like yours to be out there and um, it couldn't be more timely. Thanks, Mike. I mean, it is true that the corporate media de deliberately sanitizes not only the truth about Israeli society and how fascist it is, but also they completely dehumanize Palestinians, right? They convince Americans that all of these people are human shields. They all want to die. They want to sacrifice themselves so then they can generate sympathy. It's quite a demented mentality, actually, that's put out there by the media. And it, it really makes me kind of sit back and ask, how can you call yourself a, self a journalist and actually like toe this line? You know, it's really just disgusting. I, I, I just cannot believe, I mean, we all know why. Um, these yeah, journalists know that journalists. they have to adhere. Yeah, yeah right. They they're, know they're, they have to adhere to the orthodoxy of capitalism yeah. and Zionism. And yeah, they're they're job. they're basically assets of APAC and and uh, you know a media that just turns a complete blind eye to the atrocities that the Israelis have been committing. I mean, the King da the bombing of the King David Hotel. I mean, oh no one God. knows what the hell that is. No one knows what the Irgun or the Haganah were, or, or that's the genesis. Of, of the far right and the Likud and, and Ben Gurion. I mean, people don't, I mean, we know all about it, but I, I think there's an opening here, Abby. You know, mm -hmm. I think there's a real opening for education. And, um, you know, I did a, um, a live stream with a comedian, libertarian comedian last night, Dave Smith, who was Jewish and he's, he's very uh, sympathetic to the Palestinians. And um, he said, you know, the best way that we can really open people's eyes to it is not to come at them from like a, finger wagging, you know, I told you so, or I know more than you, it's to actually show them the information. So, you know, that's why your documentary is so powerful and, and including other videos you've done for Empire Files. So your show Empire Files you have, it's your YouTube channel. Um, you know, I, I was watching earlier to prepare for this, that, that interview you did with that former IDF guy. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. wow, that, uh, that, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. So how did, how did you connect with that guy and how did that come to be? Well, I actually saw him give a really powerful speech and I was so moved by it. I mean, he was talking about how it reminded, you know, him, the oppression of Palestinians and the wailing of this woman as they were raiding a home or something like that. I forget exactly the specifics, but he said it like struck him about 
his own mother's stories about the Holocaust and he just couldn't look back. And uh, as an Israeli born citizen, I mean, that really means a lot. There's very few anti-Zionist Israelis who are willing to go out and completely, you know, denounce the government and really make that uh, part of their drive to educate people. And I remember, yeah, and I I had him on breaking the set when I was at RT and I was just so, just so moved by his story and i just thought he was such an important voice and he continues to go out there and talk about this every day uh him and ronnie barkin two heroic anti-zionist israelis really recommend people checking them out now, do these guys like still live in israel are they still over there or do they have to get out of the country oh they yeah no they're out i mean if you're if you are anti-zionist you cannot live in that society you know what yeah, I mean? and then I mean, it's like the whole foundation of your country is based on the ethnic cleansing of well, like he, he talked about it being woven into his complete identity, being mm-hmm. a five-year-old boy, seeing his dad in the fatigues, running in the family and being hereditary. And he just grew up with this instilled uh, nationalism and fervent Zionism and militarism. I mean, the, the, the militarism over there is freaky, the way they have that wrapped yeah. in all aspects of life. And like you see it with Gal Gadot, we have to worship Gal Gadot. She served honorably in the IDF. She's Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. She's yeah. amazing. <laughs> you know, you know, no, she's part of a friggin' ethnic cleansing fascist, you know, stormtrooping brigade. That's what she is, you know, but they, they, she's she's a, uh, you know, an extension over there in Hollywood. And, and her, her job is to present that as glamorous and just. So yep, we like I, to hold up those celebrities as as p- important people, you know, I mean, but even like someone like Natalie Portman and Seth Rogen, who came out in 2014 yes. just saying all of these deaths are Hamas's fault like we condemn Hamas using human shields and we wish that Hamas would stop doing this to their people like why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself that kind of shit right. and fast forward till today both of them I mean Natalie Portman has like said she cannot accept this like giant prize from Israel she's like I, I do not accept what's going on you had Seth Rogen on the Mark Moran show or something being like I don't stand for what Israel represents anymore so that's good to see you know, but then you have celebrities like Pharrell and Ashton Kutcher actually raising tens of millions of dollars for the fucking IDF. Oh, yeah. For, for a crazy apartheid army that already is subsidized by our tax dollars. Like right. literally it's... doing Hollywood fundraisers for them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bizarre. It's fucking insane. Yeah, Arnold's a big part of that. We could stand with Israel. They're the good guys. We could stand with them. They're doing the good things over there. Killing the terrorists. Ah. Well, he did his part for many decades in Hollywood, and, and the, the you know certainly the demonization of Palestinians, uh, the you know the, the demonization of, of Arabs and Muslims. It's just, it, it's it's. I mean, I'm we're going to be 35 this year. Since as far back as I can remember, th- those are the bad guys in the movies. Because after the fall of um, the Soviet Union, we needed new boogeyman and new demons to to look at and hate. And uh, man, it, it's been the propaganda aimed at us here in America has certainly pushed that narrative as well. So. It's um, yeah. It's 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 hard to kind of I understand from people with this issue. It's hard to deprogram yourself, and it's hard to come to terms with reality over there. Um, and, and another video you did that really opened my eyes a few years ago was when you were in Jerusalem, um, in Zion Square, talking to actual Israelis about their thoughts um, about Palestinians. And some of those are just chilling. And I, I imagine you probably did a large sampling, um, and I'm sure a majority kind of had the same, you know, feelings and sentiments. Well, yeah, no, people will see that video and it just got viral again because of the situation that's happening right now. But um, we did not cherry pick any of those interviews. Every single person we show in the video is everyone that we talked to. And the fact that so many people 
on camera talking to an American documentarian were very more than willing to endorse, gleefully endorse ethnic cleansing and genocide with a grin on their face and or laughing about wanting to kill Arabs was bone chilling. It was bone chilling. I mean, what are they saying and doing behind closed doors if this is what they're willing to say on camera to the world? I found that stunning. Uh, I think this, even though it's an anecdotal thing, I do think it does say a lot about Israeli society. If you were in the deep South, you would be very hard pressed to find anyone that would say on camera the kind of things that these people were saying about like immigrants or black people. Um, and that I think speaks volumes about where Israeli society is at. It's so much more right-wing than people wanna think. Um, I think the fact that they were so comfortable espousing these beliefs is because they think Americans can, can commiserate with their existence as, as a settler colonial state that is facing what they think is this eternal threat of terrorism, right? This eternal threat to destroy their people because they see America as having kind of the same mentality, right? We're in this perpetual war on terror. Uh, we're a settler colony by, based on the genocide of Native Americans and built on the backs of slaves. And they're just like, yeah, you guys are like us, right? Like, you get it. Kill these people. Fuck them. You know, and, and I think Americans are so brainwashed with the belief that we are all like, especially liberals, like this idea of liberal Zionism and that you can be liberal and progressive and still be a Zionist. They, they, they can't gel those two things. Like it's a contradictory thing. And that's why it's so offensive for liberals to actually see what Israeli society is really like, you know? Um, the corporate media sanitizes that from us. They will never show us who the people living in this country really are. They just will say, oh, it's an LGBTQ friendly center. And oh, mm. the, only you know, it's the only democracy in the Middle East, you want us to destroy the only democracy in the Middle East? What's wrong with you? They put us on the offense. I'm right. sorry, they put us on the defense that's the strategy. Instead, we need to flip it and put them on the defense about why are you supporting war crimes and you, violating international law? Didn't you know, Abby, that those bulldozers the settlers use have the gay the rainbow flag on it? They have that on that. So it's it's just perfectly pink fine. Bulldozers, yeah, just yeah. pink tanks and pink, rainbow. pink tanks. And it's all it's all intersectional colonization and apartheid. So it's OK. Beautiful. That's OK. It's, it's a gonna, beautiful thing. Got a nice sheen on it. It's like the woke CIA. You know, it's the woke. Yep. Uh, you know, that was a great piece that you did recently, too, talking about the woke CIA and bringing in liberals and it, which is, you know, as you pointed out, an historically uh, right wing organization. But, you know, they don't care if you're left or right or, or trans or what your persuasion is, as long as you adopt the, uh, you know, uh, agency mindset. Right. There's one there's one belief system in the CIA. It's the fact that the U.S. should have global supremacy and dominate the rest of the world. You can be a trans person. You could be an anti-trans bigot. They do not care. So this whole woke CIA rebranding is such a psyop. Um, I think, you know, it's not only a marketing campaign to try to generate interest among like high school students, which they've, they've already admitted that they are recruiting from the pool of high school kids, which is really scary because this generation doesn't really understand the horrific legacy of the CIA. I think they've successfully kind of distanced themselves from those very, uh, you know, out there coups, the dirty wars during the 80s. And they do things more through front organizations like the National Endowment for Democracy, USAID. These are the organizations that they like to generate um, advocacy for regime change on the ground. And they'll funnel tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars into these entities um, to try to sow discord among society and the countries they want to overthrow or through the propaganda war, of course. So 
the younger generation doesn't really understand how sinister and, and insanely criminal the CIA is. And that's why they're trying to direct their energy at, at recruiting these folks. But I think beyond that, it is largely a psyop against the left. You know, like the left is notorious for just infighting and this anti-woke like kind of pool and strain to then punch to the left and punch down at trans people and gay people and, you know, non-binary people and stuff like that. It's like, this is not it, folks. This is not it. Like, don't let the CIA do this. We uh, we had uh, we, we had our dear friend John Kariaku on the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago and had dinner with him here in New Hampshire and uh, before the show and before dinner Wait, I was like I lost hey. your I lost you Eric uh, oh. I can't hear you right now for some reason uh, can you hear me now oh, so strange can you hear me Mike yeah I can hear you all right yep. let me hold on I'm, I'm gonna try let me um let me check my audio I don't know what okay. the heck happened. Let's try this now. Can you hear me now? Sorry about that, guys. Hold on. That's okay. Yeah, no worries. Okay, I just took off. I maybe my uh, Power Beats Pro died. Can you hear me now, Abby? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Oh, okay, that. no, it's fine. So yeah, what I was saying, we had a John, our dear friend John Kiriaku on Jackman Radio a few weeks ago, and we were having dinner with him here in New Hampshire. And um, you know, before dinner, I was like, "Hey, John, you know what CIA stands for?" He's like, "What?" I was like, "Cocaine Import Agency." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, I mean, we're 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 all doing our best to uh, keep that flame alive and remind people. Um, you know of what that what the CIA really is, but there really is a woke washing going on right now, and it's uh, I don't know, you got you got to kind of tip your hat to them, like you're like you guys are are just out goofballing the Onion and SNL, and they're eating their lunch. We don't need satire anymore. We can get it from the CIA now. It's dead. Yeah, satire is officially dead. I mean, the whole Biden administration is like this concept of wokeness on steroids, where they cannot explain why they have no policies in place that actually improve the material lives of people in a country that half of the population is living paycheck to paycheck and economically stressed in a very serious way. And so this is their literally their only solution is woke washing themselves, talking about progressivism in this kind of abstract way that literally means nothing other than fulfilling diversity quotas in corporate boardrooms. I mean, it's disgusting. It's the same thing that we're seeing with corporations picking up on Black Lives Matter and the, and the current from this activist uh, movement. They're just saying, okay, we hear you, we see you, we're going to post a black square on our Instagram, and then we're just going to hire a black executive and pull all the liberal support into just buying more things to support basically capitalism and corporations. It's disgusting. You know, when really the movement is calling for actual systemic change right and and biden can't account for that so that's why he's just putting a female in charge of the spy agency or the first black secretary of defense like right come on man come on abby i got blinking Blinking, (laughs) but you know what you know what blinking rhymes with it rhymes with lincoln you you know what i'm serious you know what lincoln did he's a good man i knew him i used to have lunch with him with lindsey graham Oh, I'm talking about the heart and soul of American Abby. <laughs> Look, Abby, you've covered this really great. We're, we're leaving Afghanistan in September. Tell the folks about that. Biden, you damn liar. It's like you're you're not like Lincoln. I mean, you you can't lie well, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Biden years, is such a America's joke, longest dude. war. 
America's longest war. I mean, Biden first said he was going to end support for the genocide in Yemen. That didn't happen. You know, like this whole ending uh, support and weaponry. I mean, look, the, the real genocide going on is through this naval blockade. And Biden hasn't said shit about that. And also, he just approved a giant weapons deal to the UAE, which is in the coalition bomb in Yemen. So that's a joke. So I think we should take anything he says with a grain of salt. But it does look like they might remove the troops, which is very surprising. I mean, I guess there's not that many troops. There are way more private contractors, but apparently they might be leaving. And I won't believe it until I see every soldier leaving Afghanistan. But moreover, Biden made that big speech when he announced the end of the Afghanistan war. And he said that we're just folding Afghanistan into the larger war on terror. You know, so really like what they're saying is that the CIA is still going to be there. Um, we're still going to be conducting drone strikes and special operation raids. Bagram, Bagram Air Force Base will, will not be shut down. Wait, really? They've already said that? I, well, I, I guess I'm just assuming. But uh, yeah. if they shut Bagram down, I'll be like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know there's a couple bases left. And if they shut those down, then I would be surprised. I'd be surprised. But even if they do shut them down and even if they do remove the troops, they're still going to be treating Afghanistan like their own battlefield. And even if they do, uh, you know, if, if the Taliban takes over, which is a very likely possibility. And in fact, Biden's already putting that out there. Like the Taliban's probably going to take over. And then they're just going to deal with the Taliban like they did during Clinton, you know, to work with the Taliban to try to extract the resources and get the pipelines and all that. Um, and they're just going to try to dominate Afghanistan in the same way they do all these other countries that don't subvert to their will. So they'll sanction the hell out of them if the Taliban doesn't bend to their domination and wishes, and they're just going to do horrible things still. So, you know, even if they do what they're saying they're going to do, it's still going to be a very long road ahead before Afghanistan has any sort of self-determination. And that is a damn shame because it's been 40 years of just constant subversion and interference and just death and destruction sowed by this disgusting criminal government. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention, you know, the, the drugs, you know, the, the poppy, of course, the poppy fields, and that's, you know, our interest over there, as well as the lithium and, uh, yeah, the resources. So, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be cynical on everything, but I'm with you there on Afghanistan. I'll believe it <laughs> when I see it. Right. Yeah. I mean, how many times are we, have we been told something from this government? And then look at Gitmo. Oh, I forgot. Biden's going to close Gitmo, too. Yeah. Oh, oh really? I yeah. Barack, Barack was going to do that in January 2009. <laughs> what, did I forget to do that? I mean, it's Did just, I put pants on today, it. Eddie? <laughs> Where's Hunter? Yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, also, of course, the Obama administration, they were the ones that actually, um, you know, prosecuted uh, John Kiriakou and, uh, you know, really, yeah, hammered whistleblowers, perhaps worse than the Bush administration did, which is insane. Yeah, the war on whistleblowers, uh, you know, and, and it continues. I mean, now that now it's a war on publishers, you know, war, the, poor Julian Assange, good God. I mean, it's just absolutely insane what's happening. And this government has the audacity to pretend to care about journalists and press and constantly tells us about how Putin kills journalists and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, first of all, uh, there's no evidence that's been presented that shows that, quote unquote, Putin kills journalists. But I do have evidence that shows that Israel kills journalists deliberately, right? Snipes them dead. This was actually confirmed by the UN and also just blows up giant international media towers. Yeah. yeah the so, AP building. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we ask Tom Cotton, AP should have known who their neighbors were. They were colluding with Hamas, don't you know? 
<laughs> yeah, what do you guys cock. think about these maggot chuds who were so vociferously like pro-Trump, but also pretended like they were like anti-war, anti-establishment people, you know, and like all these motherfuckers like Jack Posobiec and to say Mike him. Cernovich, and then yeah. they just become bootlickers. Bootlickers for, for Israel. Zion, Zion second, is, it's like, they've like, always oh, been. A minute. They've always been Zionist bootlickers. All, yeah. all these people, the, the Breitbart people, and you know, look where their money comes from and their and their power mm-hmm. comes from. But uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, it's it's clown world trying to talk. You, you can't even talk to people like that, like Jack Posobiec. That guy, he's he's a, he's a blockhead. You know, he's he's just a Roger Stone creation. He was a little Roger yeah. Stone errand boy when I met him back at the convention in 2016 in July. He was he was you know running around running errands for citizens for Trump with Roger Stone. You know. <laughs> It's incredible. He looks like a guy from the Lollipop Guild. I mean, he <laughs> he is a joke. Yeah, I mean, it, it's important to remember how he actually got his footing in the quote-unquote like MAGA movement with yeah. the Comet Pizza stuff. Yep. Yeah, he went in there and, and filmed. Uh, Laura Loomer, like him Ugh. propping up Laura Loomer, like all of the worst, the ghouls. worst of the worst. The ghouls, the ghouls of, Bush of the administration. Yeah. The, the yeah. ghoulish of the ghouls. <laughs> the ghoulies. The, ghoul- the rogue gallery of ghouls. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Yeah, they, they weren't anti-war when it counted. Uh, you know, right. they, they've never been re- truly anti-war. Um, and the same could be say now for, for neoliberals who hated Bush so much um, and, mm-hmm. and the Iraq war, which, you know, they were right about. But, you know, Bush goes on Ellen, shakes his ass a little bit, squeezes his titties and all is forgiven, you know? Yeah. And, so. and yeah, lest we forget the Michael Moore incident at the Oscars where he said we shouldn't be invading Iraq and he was unanimously booed oh yeah like everyone just booed him off stage and it's like don't you dare rewrite history and pretend like you guys were against the iraq war you were completely complicit in this and ellen defending her friendship with this man it's just it's just unbelievable it really is like now he's going on like an art tour yeah yeah i want to know if he's going to paint the body parts from all the dead iraqis that are from him in cheney's war you know is he going to paint that it's just yeah. it's, a, it's a complete whitewash, yeah. you know, it's trying trying to whitewash a war criminal, you know, but I, I do it have would, to it would be propping up Hitler. I mean, honestly, it's like the same people who would be literally propping up Hitler. And you know that they're going to rehabilitate Trump, too, as soon as like Tom Cotton's in there. They're just going to yeah. be like, well, remember Trump and blah, blah, blah. He's, he's going to be king statesman at that point. Yeah, he's oh, the great dog. I'll yeah. be watching from my ivory tower at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Senator Cotton will actually, you know, air uh, me and me and Cotton. He's a great guy. I mean, he's. He wears those stormtrooper boots like no one would believe. <laughs> and Ivanka actually has a Trump line of storm SS boots coming out. Abby, I wanted to announce it here first. And Tom's going to be wearing them at his inauguration. Isn't it kind of scary, though, Abby, that, that Trump in, in some ways is the least like war hawkish president we've had probably since Jimmy Carter? In, in some ways, obviously, he, he dropped plenty of bombs. Uh, there's the, you know, uh, the coup in Venezuela, the continued bombings in the Middle East. Um, you know, certainly, you know, the, the uh, Syria, but uh, I mean, it, isn't it kind of crazy to think that, but it also is kind of true at the same time. Yeah, well, Trump had an interesting approach because he's such an excellent con artist uh, that he really spoke out of both sides of his mouth during the campaign. On one hand, he was playing into the anti-war sentiment that we know is strong in this country, saying end the endless wars and stuff like that. And then the other hand, he was promising to just unleash 
just complete sadism. Like I'm gonna fucking decapitate people like ISIS does. Like I'm gonna bomb their terrorist families and stuff. Yeah, and he's like, whoa! Like, we should go after the families. I think the families are fair game. Okay? Yeah, I remember even the during a Fox News yeah. a Fox News interview, he like said that, and the Fox News host was just like, oh, like didn't know how to like react. But I mean, to your point, yeah, Trump is absolutely a war criminal and he did horrific things that actually escalated the war in many, many regions, doubled civilian casualties, increased drone strikes 400%, launched two coups. However, the wanting normalized relations with North Korea, wanting to sit down and talk to Putin, that was so offensive to liberals, which I found just absolutely astonishing. Right that him wanting dialogue with world leaders was unacceptable, right? And the whole writing love letters to dictators that Kamala Harris denounced him about, and she was just like, I would never do that. It's like, that's actually a good thing that you wanna to talk to people, you know, like <clears throat> that, that was just insane to me. And it really showed how much pressure there was from to the left of him. I mean, from these so-called liberals and, and, and that represent us in Congress that were actually all rallying around to try to prevent him from doing uh, things like that. And every time he would talk about removing troops, you would have people like Liz Cheney, you know, up in arms about it as if it was the worst idea in the world. So yeah, it was, there was a lot going on. Unfortunately, he has this kind of incorrect legacy uh, that he is kind of a dove. And I think that it needs to be, you know, said that he is absolutely like a horrific war criminal who did, you know, escalate wars pretty much everywhere. and, And that, that really was disastrous but yeah i mean it it really revealed the hypocrisy of like our entire political establishment when he did things that they didn't like did you hear jonathan swan from axios just put a report out that trump uh like just after the election wanted all troops out of germany all troops Mm -hmm. out of the middle east uh you know syria afghanistan like i just saw that today that was kind of like a bombshell but I, i haven't heard a lot of people talking about it That's interesting. I mean, I think one other thing that needs to be said about Trump is that the executive branch, the president of the United States has like very little power if you look at like the entirety of the government, but they do have a lot of power when it comes to foreign policy decisions. And he, if he really wanted to, he could have ended all of these wars under his watch. You know, I think it really speaks to the fact that he didn't actually care enough to do it um, because he could have. And so all of this coming out from advisors and generals that may have swayed him. Yeah, I'm sure there was a shitload of pressure around him, just like there's a lot of pressure around Obama and there was a lot of pressure around Obama. Um, But if he really cared, he could have done it. And so we should really, ultimately the blame lies squarely with him. And all of this weird carrot on a stick shit about pardoning Assange, you know, and Ulbricht and all of that. It was like, what was that about? I mean, that was strange. Why did anyone believe that that would happen when he's the one who like had him arrested? You know, that was the hopium. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was it worked big time on a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's all a sad state of affairs, and, and both parties are kicking the can down the road. And um, uh, it's funny. Well, not funny, but it's interesting. Trump did want to supposedly get us out of Afghanistan. I think by April, right, last month, and then you know, which. If that were to happen, sure, give him credit for that. And like you were saying, meeting with Putin, uh, meeting with, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un, those are good things. So if Biden does anything like that, I, I will certainly, you know, applaud that as well. Um, you know, whether it's 
trying to get something going again with the you know Iran deal, which probably not likely. Um, but you know anything like that is 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 a, is a move in the right direction. And it's too bad that people just become so partisan because it happens to be somebody they don't like or it's the wrong party uh, who's actually doing the right thing for a change. Yeah, I mean the fact that Biden came in and just had essentially a continuation of Trump's foreign policy with Iran. He just said we're not going to lift any of the sanctions. I mean Trump put on like 800 plus sanctions on Iran and completely debilitated their economy. Sanctions on Venezuela, killing tens of thousands of people. Um, and Biden just said, no, we're not going to change this at all. I mean, it's quite astounding because I know that people did vote for Biden for harm reduction. And a lot of people thought that he would kind of embrace the policy of you know renegotiating with Iran. Of course, lifting the sanctions is the number one thing that the US has to do in good faith, right? It just is so not a priority for them. It's really disgusting um, because Iranians are suffering, Venezuelans are suffering. And when it comes to Yemen, it's all just window dressing, uh, really, because nothing has really changed on the ground uh, in terms of the Yemenis that are facing the brink of starvation, you know? And, and this can go for pretty much any country that Biden has inherited the wars in. There's really no policy change that I can see. Um, other than like rhetorically yeah disgrace so um I, we're kind of we're running out of time here um this countdown's going down here but <laughs> after having colin hoback uh, on your show media roots with your brother robbie abby who's q what do you think is it the Watkins boys i mean i do think that the evidence does point to ron primarily just because jim i don't think is internet savvy enough even though he seemed to be a porn kingmaker in his own right <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Ron is just so he's so fucking smart. And he the way that he spoke, I was just like, he absolutely is involved. Right. Like, yeah. especially because Q was isolated into the 8chan image boards and stuff like that and like made it so that you couldn't really leave. Um, it had to be someone within 8chan that was facilitating this. But um, I do think that there is a bigger, broader perspective about like all of these kind of ex-military people and Trump people, including Michael Flynn, including Roger Stone, that tapped into that, that saw how powerful Q's voice and messaging was. Right. And they either just worked with Ron or, you know, planted things with him or what. But they, I think, especially during the last year of Trump's administration, they really knew the power of Q and they were not only, I mean, it, it was definitely like more than just like dog whistling. I mean, they were like on a bullhorn, basically endorsing QAnon. You had Eric Trump posting Q, like explicitly yeah. like pro QAnon memes, Michael Flynn doing the, where we Pledge. go, go all oh, like, Scouts like honor. what is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there was something going on that I think went beyond Ron. Yeah. But I think that the buck stopped with Ron and, you know, we'll never know for sure. But I think that the documentary pretty much lays it all out for you uh that ron is q and is it just ron or is it other people within trump's team but um what's really sad is it kind of just went out with a whimper they could yeah. have done a lot more you know he all of that movement generated all of the energy spent and time wasted oh. millions of people around the world yeah. millions of people around the world and ron just kind of let it fizzle out like q hasn't even posted in, in a couple months so all right. of that was for not. I mean, I don't know if he just got scared of the January 6th thing and just, you know, let it let it kind of die down. But I thought that was interesting that he just like never actually pulled the cue card in the way that he could have. Right. 
Well, this uh, the Zoom chat's running out, but uh, real quickly, Abby, where can people find your work and uh, what's next for you in Empire Files? Well, right now we're 100% focused on Palestine. Um, I just feel really, I'm just at a loss and I'm so disgusted and heartbroken for my friends over there who are suffering. Um, and I just hope that people can take the time to really show people our movie, Gaza Fights for Freedom. You can see it on YouTube gazafightsforfreedom.com and go through not only that movie um, to pass around, but also we have an entire playlist of all of our reporting from occupied Palestine. There's like eight or so videos that really just explain everything that you could ever want to know. Um, so I encourage everyone to check that out. And then just as far as Empire Files, we have a lot planned. We have another documentary idea in the works. Uh, there's so much to do, so, so little time, especially with a, a newborn, but we're trying to make it work and we're trying to just bust our asses every day because we know that people are in desperate need of political education in this country because anti-imperialism seems to be in the background and it needs to be at the forefront because as Absolutely. you guys very well know and I appreciate your activism and work so much because I know that you guys care so much and I just wish that fire could be lit under everyone so we can understand how all of these things are linked together and the reason that we can't have nice things in this yes. country is because of this out of control military machine that is subjugating and oppressing tens of millions of people in our name. So it's up, it, the burden really falls on us. We're the children of the empire and we got to fight it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Right on. Keep up the great work. Uh, and you guys are hilarious. Are you guys doing like shows? Like what, Thank you, like comedy shows? How do you, what do you do with your impressions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um well before this thing ends let me let me uh just okay. sa save okay, this cool. and then i'll, I'll okay. send you i'll send you a new link for one great great, great and uh all right so thanks guys for watching and check out abby's work and uh follow her on twitter and all social media and we're going to keep fighting the powers oh. and then check you. out media roots radio my brother will be media, media roots radio we love you robbie <laughs> <All right. laughs> thanks abby thank you guys so much